Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Believe in UCLA football podcast. My name is James Williams, a reporter and editor for the Orange County Register. Um, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, former UCLA linebacker, doing big things in the Canadian Football League, Josh Woods. Josh, what's going on, man? You know, chilling, liking how UCLA football is doing. Mm-hmm. BC Lions can clinch the playoffs. Okay. You know, there's a lot of good things happening, you know. Um, but, again, big test this week, finally. But, I mean, we don't got to get to there already. We can, you know, recap first. I well, We could do a little bit of a recap. We could do a little bit of a recap, go over that, and we'll talk about the big test. Um, congratulations on on the clinch in the playoffs there. Well, I'm excited to Thank learn you. more learn more about that as, as it develops. Um, but yeah, let's recap. What what did Josh Woods take away from uh, the season opener or the conference opener? Excuse me, against Colorado. Our offense can do what it wants to do. Mm-hmm. Zach uh, Charbonnet is one of the best running backs in the country when healthy and when playing. Yep. I mean, I think we know that. Yep. Um. But our defense has to do better. Yeah, <laughs> they got to do better uh, pretty quickly here. But there were some good things, some good things to take away on the defensive side, I thought. Yeah, I mean, the thing with that is, is it was Colorado playing but... defense. <laughs> yeah. But when you are playing defense for a Chip Kelly team, your expectation mm-hmm. is that the offense is going to outscore the opponent. You just need to get some stops. Right. And Almost, I would have said been not break defense, but you're just because because the speed at which Chip Kelly's offenses can score, you're expected to pl- have more plays out there on defense, be out there a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're in situations like that where you're on the field more, it's 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 pretty difficult. And um, with the injuries to the defense, like there there's some. Yes. Some, you know, some things they need question to address. Mark, yes, yeah, uh-huh. certain things they need to figure out mm-hmm. as we continue to pack to play. And going against, like like we alluded to, mm-hmm. Washington this Friday against one of the best offenses in the, the Pac-12 and the country. And in the country, best one of the best quarterbacks, too, in Michael Penix Jr. Uh, as, as they like to reference, uh, Big Penix Energy. Have you heard that one before? No, and I hope that uh, there's none of that on Friday. <laughs> yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> RG3 put that one out there. I guess it was a thing from even like Nevada, but RG3 put it out there on, I guess I was I was watching a Washington game. Um, I forgot who were they playing. And he just says, big Penix energy. And I was like, whoa. I was like, that's crazy. But I guess it's been a thing for a while. And, and I think it's great. But if you're a UCLA fan, you do not want any of that big Penix energy this week. That's for sure. Um, okay, so real quick. So just to, to go back a little bit, uh, UCLA beat Colorado 45 to 17 on the road. Good road test, not good road test, but good to see. I mean, say what you will, but a good win on the road for UCLA. First win on the or just first game on the road. So good for them to get that first win out of the way, especially for a team like Colorado, considering where they're at or where they're going to be probably by the end of the season in terms of conference play. But um, so 45 to 17, 
is it that it's 17 points and that's still not enough? Like for, for the deep, like what you're talking about in terms of defense or, or like what still was it that didn't sit well with you with the defense? I mean, you're going against one of the worst um, offenses they in had the a, country. They had a freshman in, or a true freshman at quarterback, their third quarterback this season play, uh, his first real start, first real minutes. I think, yeah, go ahead real quick before I tell you what I think. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think Colorado is now, uh, you know, at this at this point in the program, um, mm-hmm. They don't have the talent or depth that they used to have. And I mean, they're going through their woes and their struggles. Mm-hmm. So playing against a freshman quarterback in an opening Pac-12 game, I just um I wanted them to be more UCLA's defense to be more dominant and not yeah. give anything. Like I didn't want gotcha. any crumbs let, you know, on the table as far as um this is a Pac-12 game, you're going against bottom tier Pac-12 opponent potentially yep. um mm-hmm. going more likely freshman than not quarterback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you know so I mean it, it was was it a, a good great win yes but could it have been a little more dominant mm-hmm. I I believe so so I think um they left a little bit out there and made Colorado have hope at times not the whole you know what I'm saying but just have like oh maybe we have some potential here yes you know? yes that's what I was gonna say is that if like if I was a UCLA fan, I would have been a little triggered about them saying on the broadcast, hmm, this freshman might be something like he, this might still be like, this might be their guy going forward. Like UCLA should not have even allowed it to where it's like for, for Colorado to be, oh, yeah, we lost, but we're a little bit comfortable more about where we're at with our quarterback situation. I think we figured it out. Like if you're the UC, if you're UCLA, you, you don't want your defense to be the one where you figured out your quarterback situation. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, so I feel that I think we can, you know, improve in that in that aspect. Um, but other than, I mean, other than that, I mean, a, a win's a win, and yeah. UCLA is four and zero, two games away from being bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. A big game this Friday where they can again prove us wrong, and if they can shut down the one of the number one offices in the country, then. I think, you know, no more questions need to be asked about that. I And I think that's the thing. So just again, like listening to Sirius XM radio, listening to some different just national shows and television and stuff like that. It's like because, <clears throat> you know, I'm throughout the week, I'm listening to see what others are thinking or saying about UCLA as a program. And a lot of it's going on like, well, you know, they're ranking their six teams. Uh, who are the best six teams in the Pac-12? And obviously four of them are, are ranked in the AP top 25. Um is it four? Yeah, four. And then they're still talking about Oregon State, Washington State. And and there's real no they, they kind of mentioned UCLA only to say, hmm, we, we we're still not sure yet because of the three teams that they played and then who they opened the season with or who they open conference play with. So it's still kind of a wait and see thing. We'll see. And and so it's like even though we're a, like a third of the way done with the season, uh, four games, four games, four games, like you're in the start of this second chunk here. And this is, it's almost kind of where the season really is going to start for UCLA in terms of being tested. Um, some one storyline. And, and I think um, that I found interesting, especially because it was kind of on display here in this Colorado game that they're coming off of 
was there's three Washington transfers on the UCLA roster, at least three significant ones. I think it's just, I, I think it is three, but I don't want to miss anybody. So, but I'm but three significant ones or notable ones in terms of what they were able to do against Colorado. You had um, Liatu Latu who had three sacks. I think he had uh, 3.5 tackles for a loss, including the three sacks. Um, I think he only had four total tackles. He did force a fumble, I believe. Um, he's a Washington transfer, medically retired. I think, as I mentioned um, in one of the last couple episodes here on the for the podcast. But so he was medically retired, spent some years in Washington, um, comes to UCLA and is now doing his thing. You have Ethan Garbers, the backup quarterback, gets back into the game, gets in the game, continues to get some time in that backup role, a Washington transfer as well. He throws uh, a touchdown to Colson Yankoff, who we've talked about on this show, uh, who has who's also a Washington transfer, uh, had a touchdown from Garbers, a touchdown from DTR. He had two touchdowns in the game against Colorado. Um, so it's just kind of interesting to see the impact um, that these Washington transfer guys are having, but also just to see a guy like Colson Yankoff, of course, who's been with the team for a while and kind of come in and, 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 and make some, you know, make some catches, make some plays. Um, so one question I have for you, and there's, there's some other stuff that we can uh, talk about based on just some of those guys there, uh, especially Latu, but what is it like, if at all, maybe it's not a thing. Um, obviously you never really transferred, uh, from any other college, you were UCLA through and through, but you've probably had some teammates throughout your time um, where maybe they're going up against their former school or may- maybe not. I don't know. You could tell me, but what is that? What is that situation like? Have you had any experiences where teammates were going up against their former school? Does it mean anything to those guys? Um, anything along those lines? I feel like it always meant something like I've um, played against um, oh. former teammates. Okay. I've, yeah. You know, and um, I think whenever a guy leaves a program for whatever reasons, it's kind of like when you play your formal team, it's kind of like mm-hmm. majority of the time it's like, oh, this is this is what y'all are missing out on. Or, you know, this this could have been on you still been over there right. if it wasn't for some sort of reason. Um, so a lot of times it's kind of like a revenge game. I feel like for most guys that are playing their former school, because majority of the time the reason leaving is you know a play time or a play style right um reason so i feel like a lot of guys want vengeance so <laughs> yeah we, we I, go i think we're gonna see um as like with the quarterbacks or like with with garbers and with mm-hmm. um Yankoff. yep i don't know how much like they see it as that but like right and even even um or Latu. Latu, Latu, because mm-hmm. um, I think the deal is when you medically retire from a school, you can't play again at that school. Right, if, right. If I'm not mistaken. That, that might be that the case, a, that yeah. Was a, that was a thing with, I think, with, um, with Jalen like Phillips. Phillips. Yeah, He probably. had to leave. Yeah. He had to go to another school because doctors can't clear you. They or can't, like or, or it's it's either they, like, they can't, or it's hard for them to, a lot of it's just like, you know, we, we kind of said you can't play or, or like you're done. So it's kind of like they can't really ever reverse course. I think it's kind of yeah, what like it you is. You have to be, you have to, and you have to be medically like cleared by the mm-hmm. next place you go. So like yeah. for him, yeah. I don't know, but like at the same time, you definitely want to be your old, your old team, mm-hmm. you know, like you yeah. want to win every game, but like, right. 
it just means more because you're familiar with it. You know, you might still know some of those guys, whatever, even if it's just like friendly, competitive, like you've been talking to the the guys, you know, on that site all week. Right. And now it's like, you know, I got to show yeah, you want to do my hand. thing. You, right. You, you don't want them to be able to hold that against you. You know, that was like, um, do you, uh, I'm, I'm going to try and read his name. Alex, a King Abulu. Or do you know, he oh, transferred see, Alex King Abulu. It was personal. Okay. So maybe there's that more to that, but he was at that, Fresno state. That Fres was Fresno State beat UCLA. Kalen DeBoer was the head coach. Now he's the head coach at Washington now. We'll get into that in a little bit. But I remember like kind of knowing about Alex um, transferring and being a guy that was on the Fresno State side. And when they won, he was literally skipping, marching up and down the Rose Bowl field. Like, like it was personal. Like Here's a picture where he's, fle he's flexing on the logo. He's yeah. going to post that <laughs> every single year because okay. – that was a personal one for him. And okay. I mean, even I was rooting for him. Like, yeah, I wanted yeah. him to, you know, and I still want him to succeed as now he's mm -hmm. on the practice squad for the Washington Commanders. Shout out to him. Okay. Um, I didn't know but, that. But yeah, it's just, I know how much that, that game meant to him. Gotcha. And like I said, certain majority, so I wouldn't say certain, but majority mm -hmm. of former players want vengeance. Yeah, definitely. It always depends on the situation. Um, and again, just on the UCLA side, I think, uh, we, you know, you talk about kind of avenging a loss in, in the situation of UCLA with that Fresno State game. That Fresno State game last year was kind of a heartbreaker um, just because they were coming off that LSU win and things they were ranked, they, things were going their way. Uh, but then you have Kalen the Boer uh, coaching that Fresno State team coming into the Rose Bowl and getting the job done against UCLA. Fre um, you get Kalen the Boer coming back in different colors, um, different guys. But a quarterback he's familiar with was Michael Penix Jr., who's a transfer from Indiana. Um, the, the fun stat going around right now is is like ten of the ten of the twelve teams in the Pac twelve Pac twelve conference have a transfer quarterback starting at quarterback. The only two that don't are Stanford's Tanner McKee, who's from Corona Centennial, and Dorian Thompson Robinson. Those are the only two quarterbacks that were recruited um, out of high school and are playing with their team. All, all other 10 teams have some sort of uh, transfer guy. Jane Delora went from um, Washington State to Arizona. You you know, you have uh, the guy that went to Arizona State, the Caleb Williams with USC, all these guys. So Michael Michael Penix Jr. is another one of those guys, a guy who was a That's quarterback. Crazy. Yeah, exactly. But it, it might also speak to just how competitive, not exactly just because of that, but it probably factors into why the, the Pac-12 isn't just like this one or two team conference at the top like you have so many like you have four teams in the top 25 in the conference right when's the last time you can really say that and be confident about oh i yeah, any one of these teams can can beat the other team on any given day kind of deal um so uh and again the fact that you're talking about six teams before you even get to ucla um when you talk about conference play um or where, you know, just where people stand in comp or with the conference in those teams. But Michael Penix Jr. is currently leading the nation in um, in total, oh, in passing yards and also as an offense, they're leading passing yards. But Michael Penix Jr. is a big part of that. So uh, I'll read off some of what I have here. Um, and again, so just real quick, the thing with Kalen DeBoer is like, you know, you you're you get settled in with a new job. You find a, you know, you're you're trying to find some of your own guys, right? You're trying to get guys that fit your system. Um, you, you know, you explore the transfer portal to help fill some holes immediately. And Kalen DeBoer finds a guy that he's familiar with in the transfer portal because both of them were at Indiana for some point in time together. Um, 
in Michael Penix Jr. Michael Penix Jr. transfers in and is an easy plug-and-play guy, fits right into that system, already familiar with Kalen DeBoer, and that's why they're kind of moving the way that they're moving right now. So um, let me call up the stats here for – yeah, so – I just want to point ahead. out, like, one thing, though, mm-hmm. that's, like, I think is, like, important for, like, recruits and even, like, kids in college now. Like, you just never want to burn a bridge – with yes. the coach or somebody mm-hmm. recruiting you, whether you're getting recruited and you chose another school mm-hmm. um, and, you know, you don't want to just, you know, blow off those coaches that have been putting in hours and hours yep. and recruiting you, you know, you want to, you know, let them know you've made your decision, but there's always mutual respect no doubt. for them and the opportunities. And then at the same time, when you're at a school, even if a situation is not the best, like you still want to have that relationship with that coach of whether that coach goes on to go to another school mm-hmm. or even to the NFL. And you want to have that, you know, it's a good reference or connection. Cause I mean, we see it sometimes. Yeah. Where guys, a coach goes somewhere and a player is able to either, you know, go there or from another school because that same coach recruited him yep. to one school to another school. So I think it's always important, just your connections, like to There's- just maintain them and keep them. There's good examples of that, just like with Titus, the receiver that came in from UCF mentioned, like Chip Kelly called me again. Chip Kelly had his number from the first time he tries to recruit him out of high school, like a year ago, year or two ago. And and he says, hey, like, you know, this is my second attempt at trying to get you. I'm not going to let you get away this time. Like there's those kind of connections. You look at a Darren Chevrini, who who was the offensive coordinator just this last year at Colorado, uh, was a guy who um, is known for his recruiting. I used to hear about him as a as a guy who was involved in recruiting back when he was at Riverside City College. Right. Because um, he was there when I was a student. And so you, you hear about guys like that. So he's recruiting and going through the paces for um guys at, trying to recruit guys for Colorado you know you get a guy coming back to the Pac-12 or, or something like that and and oop, you run into him at UCLA you know what I mean so it could be it could be something like that so you never know uh where your direction where where your career is going to go and who who's cross you may have crossroads with again uh, so that's a very good point and again I don't think Kalen DeBoer was the head coach I, I don't know I haven't looked that far back he might have just been the offensive coordinator he might have just been his quarterback coach for all I know but um, they crossed paths before and it, it worked out for them to work together again. Um, so a very good point by you, Josh. So quarterback Michael Penix Jr. currently leads the country with 1,388 passing yards and the Washington offense currently ranks fifth in the nation in total offense with 530.8 yards per game. So um, that's what UCLA is up against this week. Um, again, as I, I think I mentioned to you, it, I mentioned this to you off air, if I'm not mistaken, but, or did, did we mention it? I don't know if we mentioned it on the show, but big Penix energy is, is, is what's going on when it comes to Michael Penix Jr. That's what's being thrown out there. And Josh, Josh doesn't like that nickname, or at least he doesn't want to hear about it. I hope in terms it's, of it's this little, matchup. little Penix energy on Friday, <laughs> little Penix energy for sure. If you're a UCLA fan, but um, here's what Chip Kelly had to say about the relationship with, um, Kellen DeBoer and Michael Penix Jr. in terms of just understanding their relationship and knowing uh, kind of what goes into that. He said earlier this week out at practice when talking to the media, he says they've played in that system before. I think it's a little bit different. And that's when Kelly, uh, Chip Kelly was asked about uh, Kalen DeBoer and what maybe some of the different, if there's any difference between uh, Kalen at Fresno State and now at Washington, just based on what he's seen it on tape. He says Kalen and Penix have a history together. They were at Indiana together before. 
So I think it's a little bit different than taking a kid out of the portal, you know, someone that you're probably just not like just a random kid and hoping it works out um, compared to these two. And I think they have a pretty good grasp of the system because he played in it before. So I think for me, Josh, one thing that um, has my attention is uh, UCLA had a new starting cornerback this past week. And it wasn't on the, it wasn't reflected on the depth chart until I saw it and noticed it um, this Monday. Um, John Humphrey is now your starting cornerback in place of Azizi Hearn, it appears. Um, Azizi, as far as I know, is not hurt. There was no indication of that. Um, but he started the first three games, something along the line there where now John Humphrey's or John Humphrey is starting. Um, he's the guy who went to Muir High School in Pasadena. So, you know, the, the Pasadena locals playing in front of the, the home crowd here in a sense. And uh, so, yeah, John Humphreys is going to be getting his second collegiate start. He's a junior. I think you would have just missed him uh, unless you're familiar with him from any sort of recruiting trips he may have had. But he came in um, in 2020 as a true freshman. So I, I think you just missed him. Um, but yeah, so so he's going to be getting a start there. He's listed at like 6'2", 185 or something like that. But Izzy Hearn is is listed at like 6'2", 205. So it's not like it's necessarily a, a a height and weight difference. Maybe I think um, when I talked to Chip, he referred to John Humphrey as a guy who's like tall and longer. Um, and maybe that maybe will help or has helped um, with the secondary and just what, what I think that will matter too, because you're looking at three receivers for Washington that are over like six, two, one of them, six, one, one of them, six, two, and the other one is six, three. So they got tall guys. Um, Chip said like any one of those guys could be a deep threat. And that's something that plagued UCLA last year in that secondary. They were giving up those explosive plays. You saw it against LSU. They were giving up like one or two explosive plays for touchdown, like every, you know, every game, especially early on last season. And Fresno State was part of that. They were getting, they were getting to the ball, and that's how they kept that game close and eventually pulled away with it. Um, so Kalen DeBoer knows that, and he's going to try it. He's going to. I would only imagine he's going to try and emphasize that because he's going to remember that having played UCLA recently. Um, so that's something I'm keeping an eye on. I think again, having a motivated Latu, um, who's already had three sacks and is going to be hungry to play against Washington, um, will could be a benefit for UCLA as well. Um, especially because now that they're thin at, at defensive line and just trying to get a pass rush there. But also, I, I didn't mention this to you before, Josh, Michael Penix Jr. has not been sacked. The backups have been sacked like once or twice, and that's with a backup offensive line in, but they have not given up a sack. And I think what I've heard too was Michael Penix Jr. has not had a scramble. Uh, only I think he's only had a scramble once on a play that wasn't designed, if that makes any sense. Sounds like... It, that he's getting protection he's getting protection so so i'm telling you that's big penix energy he's getting protected big energy <laughs> getting protection he's that's getting protection crazy. that's what i'm saying and i'm hearing all these stats like i'm like uh-oh but so, i mean u-dub has been known yeah i mean typically for having a pretty decent o-line mm-hmm. um so like like i was saying those question marks it's, mm-hmm. it's over. I think that, you know, with the defenses, the D line and, and the secondary two things that are getting addressed. Um, and I believe one of the Murphy twins 
for targeting? Is he he? It happened in the first half, though, right? It, for, it happened in the first half. I asked Chip about it, and and we're all good there. Um, it did happen in the first quarter, so he did sit out the second quarter just because you're disqualified from the game, and he did miss the second half, so he's all clear and will be good to go to start this game against Washington, which will definitely benefit them um, as far as just depth that they need because um, Gary Smith Jr. was out uh, against Colorado, didn't even make the trip, but um, should I think you know they're kind of just monitoring him, see how it goes. Same with Jay Toya. Jay Toya gets hurt early in that Colorado game on that defensive line for UCLA. Uh, they were kind of monitoring him, but I don't know if we saw him out at practice much. Um, he could be a game time decision. Maybe they test and see how it goes. Obviously, you have Martin Andrus, who we talked about plenty of times on this show, um, who is out for the season, unfortunately. Um, I think they had is Devoit Manga. Uh, a Do- guy who David David, who's had to kind of step in and, and uh, Chip had some good things to say about him earlier, kind of stepping in and filling up, filling in that role. And then I think you have uh, a Kafusi in there as well. Um, helping yeah, Vin- out. Uh, Vaney. Yeah. Is that a guy you're familiar with? Was he there when you were there? I know that Kafusi yeah, is like a both name. David and, and, oh, was he? And it's okay. crazy. He is, they are related, did not know each other prior to him wait. being on campus, but like, wait, who in the long line of Kafusi and Coach Kafusi? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Coach, Coach Jason Kafusi, who's not the, Arizona, who just that. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They are. He's his. It's like a big family tree thing. Like they didn't know nephew. Yeah, because the, the Kafusi lineage is big. Yeah, in the, the names from yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They're mm-hmm. they're everywhere, but like they are related and didn't know each other until really both on campus. College football, yes. small world, as we just talked about. Exactly. <laughs> it could and even be so, someone in your own family you didn't even know. <laughs> crazy. But it's <laughs> it's awesome to see guys that I've seen, um, yeah. like David, who was, you know, walk on that, you know, kept like ever since he showed up, always mm-hmm. like we always say, like there's those guys that are just like showing up, doing all the extra things and like yep. finally getting their shot. And then Kafusi as well, like seeing him uh he's I been hurt. He got, he, yeah. yeah, he was hurt when I uh my my last year he was hurt. I think he was hurt he was last year play too. Full, he's trying to play fullback and running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets hurt last year, but you know makes this move to. He always wanted. We always made a joke like, yeah, like with, with Big Kafusi here, you could you could come to our outside linebacker room. Right. And he always be like, yeah, I want to come. And then when I left, he made the move, and then mm-hmm. now he's worked his way down because now he's with D line. But mm-hmm. it's awesome to see him uh, finally get in the you know play as a Bruin. Yep, definitely getting to play. Um trying to think what else uh just a few other things so just going back to Lachi real quick um just his performance uh with the three sacks and the forced fumble against Colorado landed him defensive player of the week honors um he did get the nod there which was pretty good uh running back Zach Charbonnet someone I didn't see practice very much last Tuesday write a whole story about him saying limited participate limited participant in practice may not you know I, I didn't say didn't may not play but it was just kind of like hmm, keep an eye on this goes out runs for uh for like three touchdowns has his 900 yard game is tied now for 11th all time on ucla's all-time list of guys with 100 uh career rushing games with maurice jones maurice jones drew kevin nelson kermit johnson uh you know charbonnet's on that list of guys and uh, Charbonnet goes off for three touchdowns and and i think it was like 104 109 yards and the guy was limited only in practice. on nine carries on nine carries, yeah. A Only grown man, carries. Josh. He's a grown man. 
He is a grown man. So uh, Charbonnet was nominated for Offensive Player of the Week. Um, and so it was like Michael Penix Jr. and a couple other guys. I forgot who ended up even winning it. But um, Charbonnet had three touchdowns and wasn't even uh, the conference player of the, of the week. Um, uh, do, 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 do. And then trying to think what else. Uh, we talked about the Murphy twin being eligible. Um, ah, as um, I think we talked about last week, UCLA didn't get a vote in the AP Top 25. UCLA did get a vote this week in the AP top 25, still unranked, only one vote from what I was able to see. Um, but there's another, there is now a believer there for UCLA. And as I wrote earlier this week on dailynews.com, if you if if UCLA can beat a team like Washington, whether they right. get maybe, maybe not, because Oregon State and Washington State didn't necessarily get ranked, and people were kind of knocking on the door like these guys need to be ranked. My thing is though, five and zero. Oh, mm-hmm. Come on now, five and undefeated, five I, and oh, regardless of and yeah, beating a, no. top, a number fifteen. Like at that point, if we're, if UCLA is not ranked, people just hating on Chip Kelly. They'll they'll so here's what I I they'll either be like number 26 27 or they will be ranked i think there's a chance they could be ranked um maybe a lot of it will depend on how how the win comes about if it's a dominant win over it's just like a, because the thing is is like washington got ranked for their win over michigan state who was number 11 when they played them and then i think michigan lost to minnesota who i think might have been unranked because they played colorado the week that same week now, Minnesota beat Michigan State, if I'm not mistaken. So that kind of devalued uh, people's thoughts on Michigan State and what that win might actually mean. So some people are making the case like, we still don't know what Washington is because maybe the Michigan State win doesn't mean as much. So I mean, but Minnesota is ranked and they are through. They, and they, yeah, they, I think they just got ranked. They're a pretty, they're, but I'm saying word on the street, like they are a pretty good team. Oh yeah, they got a running back. They, that running back's a stud. Um, Minnesota, that's, that's yeah, Minnesota saying, is a so team. Yeah, yeah. We we put all those mm-hmm. the equation together. UCLA mm-hmm. should, if they win this game, they should be ranked. They and should if not. Like looking ahead, like our next three opponents are ranked. So, oh, I, that's what I'm saying. If if you you win two of those games, especially at home, you beat them, and you beat Washington, who lost Brent Keithy, I think they're their tight end for Washington or not for Washington for Utah. So maybe that works in UCLA's favor, um, even though I hate saying it that way because the guy got injured. But, you know, may- maybe they get an upset over over Utah as well. Then you're looking at UCLA as like a top 15 team. It, so we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. But um, it's exciting stuff. I think but I think that's what you need. You you need you need to start building the hype train like this is the start of the season for UCLA. Yeah. And I mean. I feel like we had some layups going into this stretch, mm-hmm. you know. So when you have layups, you typically and you should be healthier. Unfortunately, yeah. we have had some, you know, mm-hmm. some losses up front. Yeah. Um, but that that offense should be fully functional. So I have a question for you. And maybe this this plays into the injuries and stuff like that. They just had school start last week. What is it? Did you ever have to play a game on a short week while you're at UCLA? And what is what is the how does that play out? Because they come home from Colorado. They played early enough on that on Saturday, had the Colorado game, come back home. I think they still got home at eight. 
And then you have a rare evening practice with Chip Kelly and UCLA on Sunday. They practice on Sunday, the very next day, and pushed everything up a day um, so they can play on they Friday. They had actual practice on Sunday? They practice on Sunday. It might have just kind of been like a walkthrough maybe, but they practice. No, I was like, because well, aren't the, you're obligated to have an off day, right? Maybe not if you have a short week, but no, I mean, you know, well, look, yeah, no, no, no. Cause you know, Chip, you know, Chip Kelly goes by all the rules and everything, but just him being a body, like no one had a problem with it. Um, But Chip, Chip Kelly being a body, like a body clock guy, like, you know, if it was up to him, he would have the practice the next morning. But I think just out of respect for the guys coming home at eight that night gave them, um, I don't know if it, I, I was kind of thinking that too. I'm like, cause I, you know, I wasn't going to go to practice on a Sunday, like not if I didn't have to, but um, so yeah, it was a rare Sunday practice. You know, I'm sure that's just how it goes. It's a short week, but I think UCLA should take advantage of the short week because now you're on a nationally televised game against Washington. Uh, but did you ever have a short week or have a game on a Friday? I think I had a few, but it, I feel like, Maybe we had a game on a Thursday. I think I've played on a Thursday and I played on a Friday, but I think the Thursday game came off of a bye week. Off of a bye, yeah. And that makes we, a little more sense. We we followed up the Thursday game with a Friday game, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I don't think we ever really had a a, a real, literally like a short week. So maybe, maybe I, they. I just... have I've had them now. Right. Right. In this league, like I'm, I'm, I'm short week this week. Where literally, I played Saturday too, and mm-hmm. we play Friday night as well. Gotcha. But, but you were in starting school and everything else, right? So, yeah. No, we're okay. um, I'm not trying to be disrespectful here, but maybe they just saw hmm, UCLA's playing Colorado. Uh, Washington just beat up on Stanford. Hmm, practically a bye week. No. <laughs> no. I'm Let's give them a Friday game. <laughs> Let's just give him a Friday one thing, game. One, one thing we did it. One thing we, I mean, we talked about it before, uh-huh. but like it's gonna be interesting to see is the attendance. Um, it being a Friday game, I don't know how the Rose was gonna look. I mean, UW should travel. They should travel. What well. maybe okay, but again, it's a it's a Friday. I feel like you know, like is there's traffic, make- high school games. You know, exactly. you're going out, hitting the town. Let me read off real quick. We have a couple minutes before we, we, we wrap up, but I want to read some of what they're doing to address this. Um, so UCLA is doing its part to spread awareness and hopefully draw a crowd for the conference game against Washington. UCLA has put up 10 digital billboards promoting Friday's game in cities like Carson, Urbandale, Inglewood, and Hawthorne. They also have six location, six Costco locations in the local area offering a pair of tickets for UCLA sideline seats for $99. So two tickets for $99. Um, the Bruins also reach out, reached out to former season ticket holders and are offering $55 tickets for $20, $119 tickets for $40. They've also given out complimentary tickets to youth uh, sports organizations and uh, K through 12 classrooms. And they're also going to have a fireworks show at halftime. Your thoughts. Good old Costco. My thing, yeah, my thing is all these deals. <laughs> I feel like we're missing out a lot of money still. <laughs> I mean, you got to get them in this. I think it's a great thing. And I've seen someone on Twitter like say, hey, they were a former season ticket holder. They like posted it. I think they bought like 
four tickets for like a hundred and or for you know less than two hundred dollars or something like that and these are former season ticket holders you get them to go you get former season ticket holders to go to this game right ucla wins a big game maybe you want to sign up and be a season ticket holder again i think it's a good i think it's a good move And, and he said it was a good deal whoever it was he didn't have a picture on it but he had a screenshot of his receipt with the with the deal as a former season ticket holder i think that's a good thing it's a Friday. I mean, but if this is the case, you maybe if it works out, maybe you do this all the time. At least for I, th- I don't think you could. Uh, I think the experience just needs to be so good that it keeps people coming. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like I said, with these discounts and stuff, you, the, full, the program is losing out on money. Yeah. Some, you know what I'm saying? And That's all these true. promotions, like it has to pay off. But my thing is, I hope that it, it's the opponents and like the bigger games, then people show up again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we'll see. No, no doubt about it. We'll see how it pays off. Um, all we can do is sit back and watch and see how things develop. Uh, Josh, this has been fun, as it always is. And uh, thank you guys again for watching. And we'll catch you guys, or thank you guys for listening. And we'll catch you guys in the next one. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.